Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to ensure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison. Evelyn's guests today are Carol Everett with Heidi Group and Dr. Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. Love Talking today about love, life, and marriage. This is Evelyn, and we're in studio today talking on the, about love, life, and marriage and leadership. And we are broadcasting from the Bridge Central Texas Christian Talk, and uh, we're excited today about the program. We have some very important people uh, in the studio today, and that is my friend Carol Everett. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Evelyn. Good to be with you. And Dr. Steve Washburn. My pastor. Hey, Carol. I mean, Carol, I'm glad to be here with you. Evelyn, so glad, glad to be your guest today. Well, we're going to stir it up today, folks. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of things going on in our world today. And um, Dr. Steve, you, um, you've been our pastor for about eight years now, I think. Hmm. And Vance is the only place we're going from there. First Baptist Pflugerville is heaven. I'll be right with you. Okay. Well, he's got <laughs> tickets, so, you know, we wait on him. Okay. Uh, and... Carol, you and I have been friends for how long? A long, long Longer time. than that. Longer than eight years. I don't know. Years and years and years. Yeah. Van and Bob Ed. Bob Ed Joe Bob. Joe Bob have been, my uh, son, have been a friends. A long time. Yes. So we've known about you. You were well, praying just, You were praying for one of my grandchildren 21 years ago. Is that right? Yes. yes. I, I forget those things. Mm-hmm. 
But you know that's what life is. It comes in circles and waves. And and when you get old, and I'll be 85 years old in a few days, uh, you begin to, you know, it is easy to look back and count the blessings that God has given to you in life. And you are certainly one of my blessings. Oh. And you too, Dr. Steve. And Vince, conf- I mean, he's confirmed it. He said, God, don't even talk to me about it because we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk today about... Um, some of the things that are going on in Texas and in America. Dr. Steve, you've been a pastor how long now? 35. 35 years. 35, 40 years, something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And you have just uh, outlined and written a new book, and we're excited about that. Tell me the title and what it's about. Well, the title is Salt. Salt. Yeah. Boy, is that going to be a healing or? No, I'm calling it a a primer for Christians in a decaying world. Mm -hmm. So it's just to help people, pastors, lay people, to understand where we are and how we got here and uh, how to respond to it. Well, it's going to be exciting because uh, we are getting ready for another big Supreme Court ruling, Carol. Yes. And uh, you are with uh, Heidi Group and uh, are nationally known and very active speaker in the pro-life movement. Uh, How did you get started doing that? came out of my past of... um having an abortion and being involved in the abortion industry for six years and finally coming to Christ. And when I my eyes were open and I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the last thing I wanted to do was go out and work in the pro-life movement, but only God can change you, you know. And so he touched my heart, and I'd been out of the abortion industry 14 months when I was called and asked to testify the very first time before the Texas legislature. Before Texas. Yes. But it's I, now gone national scale. Yes, but April the, 14, the 15th, 1984, was the first time that I proposed that Texas regulate abortion clinics. Oh and um, it went on. We had got four pages of regulations that year. In 1997, we got decent regulations, over 200 pages, and now the Lord's bill... And only he mm-hmm. could have done it. Mm-hmm. The Lord passed a bill in 2013 that is now before the Supreme Court. I'm very excited about this. It's the most exciting thing I've ever been part of because the thing that I believe the Lord told me to regulate abortion clinics to the standards of ambulatory surgical facilities is one of two provisions before the Supreme Court. And the other one is um, the admitting privileges for abortion providers, abortion doctors within 30 miles of the abortion facility. And that will be heard in the Supreme Court March the 2nd. Or second, that's something we're going to talk about at some length today, uh, about what it is that we can do and how we can best serve the Lord Jesus to preserve life for human beings. Yes. You know, yes. people uh, just dis- discount life so much anyway, but to go back to just take the very life of an individual because it's not convenient or whatever the reason. Well, Dr. Steve, um, we, um, we're celebrating the... 240th anniversary of America this year. Uh, we have a republic form of government that's founded on biblical principles and godly men who prayed as they wrote the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. But we're in trouble today in America. Can you give me a pastor's picture of how serious it is? Well, I can give you this pastor's picture of how serious it is. Um. And I'm somewhat burdened here because I'm not sure I'm not sure most people care about original intent. But the original intent of our founding fathers is uh, abundantly clear. They they assumed and intended that this nation would always be a Christ-based constitutional republic. 
it's a constitutional republic as opposed to being a pure democracy. In a democracy, everybody would vote on every decision. And, uh, of course, we're not that. What we do is we elect our officials, and we're kind of involved in that process now with our presidential primaries and elections. We elect our officials, and our officials then represent us. But as a republic, our officials must represent us according to the Constitution that was written by our founding fathers. Uh, so they're not free to do whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it. Uh, the executive, judicial, and uh, 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 judges, uh, judicial <coughs> system, uh, must govern us according to the Constitution. So the Constitution was based, to a large extent, on the Bible. And we know that because so many of our founding fathers have written uh, that's the case. The problem is multiple, multiple uh, facets. Uh, but we've grown further and further and further away from our Constitution so that now most, not only most people, but uh, I think most elected officials can't tell us what's in, what's in the Constitution. So if they don't know what's in the Constitution, how can they rule us according to what's in the Constitution? So to answer your question, here we are today, uh, all these years away from uh, our, our independent declaration <coughs> as a country, and we're really not being governed according to the Constitution that was based on uh, biblical teachings. So we've drifted a long way. We've come a long way. And my conviction, my burden is that most of our officials today don't care. They don't care that we've drifted a long way from the Constitution. They think they know better. The Constitution was deemed back in 1947 a living document rather than a set uh, Constitution. Being deemed uh, a living document back in 1947 means that the Constitution is now interpreted according to whatever the sitting Supreme Court says that it means. So we're in a mess. We're in a mess because we no longer have a standard. Uh, the Constitution is really no longer our standard. And without a standard, we're just uh, we're an untethered boat adrift on a sea. And we see that everywhere, everywhere we turn. You know, when you look at it, the difference between the Constitution, it's written based on law. In God's law, because, you know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, they're not suggestions. They are things yeah. God says and want you to live by. Mm-hmm. And because our founding fathers actually understood that and made that part of the government that would rule in America to have in, well, I, I say in 43 years, there's been a major change. Actually, it was a little bit before that. When Madeline Murray O'Hare here in Austin, Texas, did what, Carol? Took prayer out of schools. When prayer came out of schools, the standard came out of schools, and these kids that didn't have a standard weren't given a standard. But when I grew up and when you grew up, they had a scripture reading every morning in the schools, and they had a prayer. And we said the Pledge of Allegiance. And we stood in our classrooms and pledged allegiance to the flag in the corner of the room. Life has changed so dramatically. What is it like in school in the classes today, Carol? Some schools allow a moment of silence. A moment of silence. A, a few will, not all, and some will allow a pledge of allegiance, but not all. But um, they have a big television production every day to talk about the lunch menu. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they let different students do it every day. And, of course, you know, I have a bookkeeper whose granddaughter does it every other week, and she loves to be the star. And talk about the menu, but at the end of it, she kind of gets sick because she takes her lunch. She does. Yeah, really. <laughs> but you know, schools are so different today that people are afraid of 
the gospel and I'm sharing the biblical standards. They're afraid they'll get a lawsuit. Someone will be there to sue them. You know, the cheerleaders recently were wanting to pray. Uh, Football teams, baseball teams, all these teams want to pray, and they always come after them. There's always someone. So it's it's become a thing that's uh, people uh, of faith, and we are the majority in the United States. Yes. If we would all vote, it would change the United States. Some figures say about 80% claim to be Christians. If we would change and stand up for our values, if we would not forget, and I'm always reminded of Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name and would humble themselves and pray and see his face, but the truth of the matter is we forget. We say a prayer, and the standard is erased from our lives, and we're the ones that don't stand up. That's right. That's right. Well, it's time for us to take our first break, Jean, and let's um, let's do that. But as we go out, I want us to think about what it is that's in our everyday life right now that is different from what it was when we were in school. Things have changed, and what it is that we've got to do to bring back that continuity in, in the Constitution and in the way we live that we would actually have the opportunity to uh, rear children uh, under the, well, the Ten Commandments, if nothing mm-hmm. else, under the, actually, the teaching of the Lord Jesus, because mm-hmm. that's why we're here. Yes. We're here today to talk about how important it is that we pray and that we wake up and that we walk and we talk about the things of God. Mm-hmm. And as we do that, uh, we've got some really exciting events that are coming up we're going to talk about today as well. One of them, of course, is National Day of Prayer. And the theme this year is Wake Up America. And we are going to celebrate the 40th anniversary of that here in Austin uh, in March. And uh, we'll have some news about that later. But one of the things that's so exciting to me is, as I talked to you, Dr. Steve and you, Carol, is that you all are an example of life right now in this nation is you have the input you have, Carol, and Dr. Steve, you have the input you have not only with, you know, a congregation, but uh, something bigger than that that God's called you to. And so we do want to take our break and let's do that and we'll come back with um, Carol Everett with Heidi Group and Dr. Steve Washburn with First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison. Evelyn's guests today are Carol Everett with Heidi Group and Dr. Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. Love Talking today about love, life, and marriage. Welcome back to Love Talk. We are in studio today talking to with two of my very favorite friends, Dr. Steve Washburn, who is pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, Texas, and is in the process of um, publishing a new book called Salt, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. And then our friend Carol Everett, who's with Heidi Group, and travels this nation talking to people about the importance of life and love. And 
we're going to hit a cup some subjects today. But Dr. Steve, uh, I want I want us to talk a little bit about uh, the church in Texas today, about um, your book and your the the premise, the thesis for it, mm-hmm. and how. Uh, we really do need to get pastors educated okay. or yeah. informed. I don't know what word to use. Well, to be made aware, I think. Again, it's something It's something that I believe all pastors have uh, on their palate, but they pay no attention to it anymore. Uh, and all I'm trying to do in, uh, in SALT is to raise their awareness once again. I start by talking about the holiness of God. We've forgotten that God... Uh, has a personality. He has character. He is who he is. He doesn't change. He's always been the same. He's a holy, holy, holy God. And he doesn't change that for anybody. He doesn't change that for culture. He doesn't change that for societal changes. He doesn't change that for Supreme Court rulings. He's holy. Man is sinful. There's a great abyss between God's holiness and man's sinfulness. Uh, Another doctrine, and I don't spend a lot of time talking about doctrine, but Another doctrine that we have wholly forgotten is the doctrine of repentance, uh, pre-conversion repentance. And I know under the pressure of culture today, we don't like to talk about repentance. But repentance means in order for a person to come into a faith relationship with Christ Jesus, that person must first express a desire to turn away from the sinfulness in their life. They don't have the strength to do that yet, but they have to express a desire to turn away from the sinfulness in their life and cry out to Christ Jesus to save them. And once they do that, then uh, he, he saves them and gives them the power and strength to walk in, in the holiness of God. But without repentance, there can be no salvation. There's no discussion of, of, of repentance in our churches today. It's too offensive, I think. Mm-hmm. It puts people off. People want to think, I can come into a right relationship with Jesus gradually. I can come into a relationship with Jesus without changing my lifestyle. I want, I want God to accept me exactly the way I am. If he doesn't accept me the way I am, I don't want him. That, that seems to be the attitude. So in order to reach those people, in order to placate those people, pastors are kind of sidestepping the issues of holiness, sinfulness, and repentance. But once we get past those few base doctrines that we need to bring our awareness back to, it's time then to start talking about uh, the erosion of family, the erosion of uh, life, uh, just the, the erosion of our uh, Christian heritage in this nation. This is a nation based on, built on biblical principles. And in order to, in order for us to reclaim that, in order for us to stop that erosion, we, the church, must become salt. Mm-hmm. And so in the book, I just address some of the things, once I raise that awareness, I address some of the things that we as individuals and uh, we as pastors can do and should do and must do if we're going to help the Lord turn this around. What is the salt principle? Of the biblical, well, uh, you know, vision. Jesus, right, right after the Beatitudes, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, uh, "You're the salt of the earth." Mm-hmm. But if the salt loses its saltiness, what is it good for except to be thrown out and to be trampled on by men? And he says, "You're the light of the world." But he talks about salt before he talks about light. Mm-hmm. So it's a salt and light issue. It's not one or the other. We're doing a good job, I think, as evangelicals in this day and age, of being light. We're evangelizing. That's wonderful, and we want to ramp that up. We don't, want to, we don't want to slow that down at all. But in addition to that, we want to become salt. So it's not a question of either or. It's a question or it's a matter of both and. We want to be, we want to be light, showing people the way to Christ Jesus, but at the same time, we want to be salt, 
and focus on God's holiness, man's sinfulness, and the need for repentance, and getting involved in in our culture. Um, you know, in the beginning of this nation, it was because Christians were involved. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, salt is uh, it's a preservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a seasoning. I always kid and say that in our family, my husband is salt, and I'm sugar. The Bible doesn't talk about sugar, though. So (laughs) yeah, I'm sugar and he's salt, Uh, and sugar just makes you fat. But salt preserves and it restores, Uh, and it is a good principle. And I'm excited, but and and hopefully it's going to be out pretty quick. I'm not sure what the the publishing date is, but one of the things that we really need to be reminded of is what God's intent is for each one of us. Mm-hmm. Once we come to know the love of the Lord Jesus and we receive the power that he gives us to be more like him, we have a responsibility to look as much like him and talk as much like him as we possibly can mm-hmm. so that people can look at us and see how great he is. Because if we fall all to pieces every time we don't get, you know, our way about something or, or, you know, trouble comes our way, the Lord does allow these things to help us be seasoned and be healed and, and move forward. Well, it is exciting when I think about the heart of the church today and what we have with, you know, pastors like you that are just so faithful to what God has to say. And we're going to talk later a little bit about some of your experiences, but... Carol, I want us to talk about the power for life. You know, one of the, Dr. Steve mentioned marriage. And in our nation today, there is a war going on. And there are not a lot of people, women especially, in the war room. Uh, Give us some up-to-date things that are going on in regard to the life issues in America today. Well, um, I'm very excited about what's happening. And it's been a long time since I've been this excited. It's been nine years since we've had a pro-life uh, law before the Supreme Court. And this is the first time we've had a law that could really fail a lot of the, that could close a lot of the abortion clinics across the nation. And uh, several things happened to encourage me, but one was I got a call from a friend of mine, Matt Lockett, who is in front of the Supreme Court every day praying. And he and I con- got actually met in Dallas in December, and he said that when HB2 was being debated and all the mess was going on, that God told him to keep his eyes on Texas. He was mm-hmm. doing something. Mm-hmm. And so they've been praying about HB2 since then. And when you talk to Matt Lockett, he doesn't act like the attorneys who say if this is upheld. He says when it's upheld. Mm-hmm. And Matt has put together a national prayer chain, and we can give our email address or our phone number, and people can still be part of that. We'll be praying next Monday. We'll be praying twice. We'll, we'll be praying February the 8th. In February the 29th, um, I believe, before the court hears, argues this case on March the 2nd. And uh, then there was a man in Arlington, Texas, a, a prayer warrior. I mean, a true man of God who listens and hears in ways I don't. And he was watching the filibuster and, of course, was distressed when it went off at midnight. And he said, the Lord said to him, go to bed. I have this under control. Mm-hmm. So uh, he has his hand on it. And so those people have been very encouraging to me. And it's been uh, wonderful to see that they are saying when. And then then um, on um, February the 3rd, all of the briefs are due for the Supreme Court. Ours was filed last, uh, let's see, ours was 
The Solicitor General, the Attorney General's office filed his on the Wednesday before the deadline, and we filed ours the Thursday before the deadline. We're very excited about that, and we'll, there'll be over 20 briefs from Texas, and the other mm-hmm. side has already filed 45. I'm going to Washington, D.C. to be part of the prayer team praying outside. I can't get inside. Texas only has four seats, mm-hmm. and the governor is going, the attorney general is going, the bill author, Jody Lobenberg, is going, and I've been told I'm not going to get the fourth seat. So uh, what they do is they have placeholders that go there for days and sit there and wait and for the public seats, mm-hmm. and when the time comes, they sell those seats for tens of thousands of dollars, oh and they get it, too. And I don't think I'd ever be to a point that I'd pay over $10,000 for a seat, <laughs> but I'll just... Pray and be happy I'm there, and people will come out and tell us, but you can watch it later on. Some people can watch it as it's going on on the Internet, but it's um, the first opportunity we've had for such a for a law that could really close abortion clinics and save the lives of babies. This has the potential to save half a million babies' lives. Wow. A half Wonderful. a million. Across the nation. Wonderful. There are 21 states with similar laws waiting to see what the Supreme Court does. Watching this. Watching this. So we're very, very, very excited about it. And... Um, hmm. This is amazing, but then we're working in our office to expand the life-affirming health care for women across Texas, and that's been a very interesting scenario, too, as we look at the opportunity to actually take women the truth about their health care and not mm-hmm. lie to them about the birth control pills and all the horrible things. It's the first time women can be told the truth and be told that by a faith-based organization. These funds can't be used to share the gospel, but you can share the gospel around them before and afterwards. So we're very excited about the potential. We believe this could be another revival. How much money is involved in that project? $240.1 million for 14 months for Texas. Goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down. Okay. That's something to pray about. It is something to pray about. We need prayer. We very badly need prayer. We're uh, in over our heads. This will be the first pro-life application for any of these funds ever. Ever. So. And, and not only will you have the opportunity that the Planned Parenthood will as well, is that right? Planned Parenthood cannot apply for these funds in Texas, but groups that have marginal, that are marginal. Now, they have to sign a form saying they will not provide or refer for abortions, but there are firms that are will be applying that have been mm-hmm. pro-abort in the past, that have been in the abortion industry in the past. Well, we talked about prayer. What is the most important person on it? At this stage of the game that we need to be, who are the people we need to be praying for in the the Supreme Court? Right now, pray for all of the justices. And I've been impacted lately that we need to pray that they know Christ personally. Wouldn't that be interesting Mm -hmm. if they came to know Christ personally? But specifically, pray for Justice Kennedy. He seems to be the swing vote on this. Tell us a little bit about him before we take our break. Well, he is... He is the swing vote, and he's the one that seems to respond to the stories of women being injured by abortion. So um, I don't really know very much about him, but he's, you know, he has voted pro-life in the past and Mm -hmm. has the potential to do that. The thing about the court has been that we in the last few years have not been able to really anticipate their votes. They are not exactly who we thought they were. Well, you know, that's uh, one of the things that troubles me so greatly is the Supreme Court has move from interpreting law to making law, yes. Yes. and that they devoid everything that comes out of the House and the Senate. Yes. And uh, unless we, you know, God does a major cleaning house, we have got some years ahead of us. They're going to be for serious. Let's take our break, uh, and when we come back, I want us to talk about marriage, 
how it is in, in our in our time right now. We are looking at a different viewpoint of marriage right after this. Stay with us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison. Evelyn's guests today are Carol Everett with Heidi Group and Dr. Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. Love Talking today about love, life, and marriage. Welcome back to Love Talk. We are in studio. This is Evelyn Davison. We're broadcasting from today's Christian Talk, 1120 The Bridge in Austin, Texas. And through the Internet and through the other sources that we have, we are now heard worldwide, and we're excited about that. In the studio with me is Carol Everett, my longtime friend with, I don't say old friend, I say longtime yes. friend, Carol. Yes. Uh, from Heidi Group, which is a life-giving uh organization and very you're very active in the the political arena not only in texas but across our nation and we're going to talk a little bit more about that but dr steve i want us to talk dr steve washman who's our pastor is with us and i want us to talk about how important it is that we stand up with moral courage for for biblical truth in marriage you know it has changed so much in the last 40 years well, to answer your question, it's of crucial importance. Uh, when the Bible was written, it was written primarily for people who lived under monarchy. The people who first heard that they were to be salt and to be light, 
were living under a monarchy, there was a there was very little they could do uh, to have a tangible change in that. But we no longer live under a monarchy. We live under this Christ-based constitutional republic where each of us has great influence over the direction of our government. And to whom much is given, much will be required. So, you know, the Lord Jesus is expecting much from us as individuals to have an impact on this. We are to take ownership of it, personal ownership of the condition of our nation, our state, and our cities, and our schools. We're to take personal ownership of that, personal responsibility for it. We are to speak up, be vocal about it. I mean, I think we're afraid of hurting people's feelings. Uh, the immoral side in life, the uh, the non-Christian side in life, non-biblical side in life, are speaking up regularly and loudly, and we're just not speaking up. Uh, it's okay for us to be bold for Jesus. So we take responsibility, we speak up. I think it's important for us to influence people. All of us have have individuals in our circle uh, of friends and influence that listen to us and look up to us, and we need to take advantage of those relationships and sway those people as best we can to the Lord Jesus, to faith in the Lord Jesus, to biblical morals, and to get them uh, moving and speaking up uh, uh, for these moral issues as we do as individuals. And then we need to pray. We need to vote. Uh, I, I read lately that only uh, 60% of those who claim to be evangelicals, not those who claim to be Christians, 80% of the nation claims to be Christians. That includes every imaginable group. But only 60% of those who claim to be born-again evangelicals are voting. That number needs to come up to 100%. If we're going to be salt, we need to vote. It's a privilege we have that not many people have had in the history of the world. And then we need to run for office. We need, we need born-agains running for school board, for city council, mm-hmm. uh, for mayor, uh, for uh, state representatives, state senators, for national legislation. We need born-agains in every office. So... Is there anything we can do? Absolutely. We've gone too long doing nothing. And this isn't to replace anything we're already doing. This is this is to be done in addition to what we're already doing as Christ's church. What is God's plan for marriage? One What's man, his plan? One man, one woman. I might even expand that a little bit more. I think God's plan is one born-again man and one born-again woman. Uh, but at least one man and one woman for life. That's God's plan. And that's being horribly abused today. Why is that that war so fierce? Well, I would take it back to where Carol began a moment ago. I would take it back to 1962. 1962 is when uh, prayers were removed from school. And we can go back and look in history. And in 1962 is when everything began to take a nosedive. Everything began to take a nosedive in 1962. That's when our history began to be rewritten. Um, that's when the gay rights movement began in 1962 is when that is when that began. Just as soon as we took prayer out of schools, that movement began. Uh, just 11 years later, 1973, is when Roe v. Wade was passed. But that took some preparation time. That took some decline into moral decay before that uh, decision was made. So when we, took, when we took the Lord out of schools, when we took the Lord out of the public forum, God, I believe, and I think history will, will uh, support me, removed his blessing from us as a nation. Mm-hmm. And without his blessing on us as a nation, after many, many years of his blessing, we began to slide into moral decay so that today I think it's become typical and normal for people to live with each other before they get married. Uh, 
and we 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 cannot understate the damage that's being done, or overstate the damage that's being done. And then, of course, the uh, the uh, homosexual relationships, the homosexual marriages outside of heterosexual relationships, is doing a great deal to damage families today. Back in oh, probably about 1972, I interviewed Madeline Murray O'Hare, mm. and. Um, I, I did a survey with pastors because I was writing a series uh, for uh, a company. And one of the questions I asked her was, Ms. O'Hare, when you are ill and the doctors can't help you, uh, what do you do? Because she was diabetic. And she says, well, I just, you know, just gear up my mind and, and tell myself you get well and you've got work to do and, you know, the whole thing. And I said to her, well, I'll tell you what I do when I'm ill, and I'm ill a lot because I have some unusual healthy situations, is I pray. Do you, you ever pray? She said, no. And so at the end of that conversation, I said something to her, and she said, little honey, I want to tell you one thing. While you're out there praying, I'm going to be working. I'm going to be working. And of course, we know that her life came to no good end, unfortunately. But, you know, it is interesting to me that people like Miss O'Hare would take on a lifetime challenge of de- just destroying the goodness of life. And we see that in every situation of marriage where it's not biblical-based. And um, there reason. have always been atheists. Yeah. There have, there have always been disciples of darkness. That's nothing new. What's new is the church is silent. The church has gotten quiet. It was the church. It was Christ's church, uh, Christ working through his church that gave birth to this nation. That's documented in history. It's Christ's church that was so active and so vocal uh, for the first two centuries of this country. Mm-hmm. And it was because of their standing up and being bold for him that Christ uh, blessed this nation. All that's changed is we've gone silent. There will always be atheists. There will always be disciples of darkness. That's not going to change. We as the church have to reclaim our role of being salt. Well, it, it's time, just about time for us to take another break. Uh, when we look at where we are uh, in America, we we really are um, in war. And the biggest war, I think, Carol, is going in the womb of women today. Mm. There was a survey that came out just recently of how many black American children mm. are literally evaporated in New York. When um, Roe v. Wade, well, actually, it started before then because Margaret Sanger with Planned Parenthood had a eugenics mm-hmm. agenda, and she wanted to wipe out what she called the weeds of society. Yeah. And those were the minorities and those that were um, had mental and emotional defects, uh, handicapped and, and Down syndrome, anything. She had an agenda. And to start with, she went into the black neighborhoods. She started all of her clinics in black neighborhoods. And that went on until 1984. And in 1984, Planned Parenthood came to San Antonio and hired a Hispanic marketing man to learn how to reach the Hispanic race. And if you look now, the fastest growing columns are Hispanic pregnancies and abortions. And sadly, two out of three babies 
conceived by black people in New York die in abortions. It's horrible what the statistics are. How is that across uh, racial lines? I've been told that the biggest um, abortion field in Austin is out in um, northwest Austin. Well, northwest Austin has money, and that's a different thing. But, you know, they... They go to those kids and say, but remember, those kids have never known a world without abortion. So if... You know, I hadn't thought about that. Yes, and so for 40 years, 43 years, it's been legal, i.e. moral, if they haven't been taught differently. And as we, this church has slid away, and even the church says, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, maybe yeah. my daughter won't have to suffer any consequences if, they, mm-hmm. if I take her for an abortion. So... Um, we have to be very careful because the in this area, it's the wealthy people who have the money. The kids have enough disposable income to go get an abortion. Their parents don't know about it. Yeah. It's very sad. Well, when we look at what's going on, uh, and we've kind of played catch up today with, uh, with life and mm-hmm. how important it is that we pray and we work to help develop the mindset in those that don't have it, that God ordains the life of every person. He says in Psalm 139, mm-hmm. you know, I knew you before I made your days. And mm-hmm. He said, it's, I say it like what the Lord did is he took all of my grandparents' DNA and my parents' DNA and he put his special pieces together and he made Evelyn. <laughs> and, you know, when you look at it from a point of view that he has a plan for every life. Yes. We have no right to destroy mm-hmm. that plan. And that's true in marriage. It's true in, in life. But one of the things that is so important for us today is that we educate young people. Yes. We talk to them. Dr. Steve, we have a couple of minutes. What is it that you normally say to young people when they come to you with these kind of problems? Well, the first thing I need to find out with anybody, including a young person, when they come in to see me is to find out what their relationship is with Christ Jesus. Yes. So if if they already belong to the Lord, then I can help them. Then I can talk with them because the Spirit of God in them will help them understand my counsel. Mm-hmm. If they don't understand, if they haven't given their life to Christ Jesus, I really want to move in that direction first and help them understand the importance of having a, a faith relationship with Jesus because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. But having having established that, uh, I'll begin talking with a young person, and it's difficult because they live in the now. Young people live in the right now. Uh, it, it's it's helpful if we can get a young person to begin to live outside the moment and begin uh, looking down the road just a little while mm-hmm. uh, and helping them understand that in life, one of the rules, the primary rule in life, is that all actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. You cannot avoid the consequence for the action. If you want good consequences, you have to have the right actions up front. That's a difficult thing for them to comprehend, especially in this culture, because they've had parents who've tried to shield them from consequences. But if we can help them understand that consequences follow actions. Consequences follow actions. And, you know, we pay the price of our choices in life. We pay the price mm-hmm. of choices. It is time for us to take another break. Let's do that. And we come with that back with Dr. Steve and Carol. We want to talk about what it is that we can pray over in a life of our nation right now during this particular time when we have the privilege of choosing our leaders for another year, Mm -hmm. for four years, right after this. Stay with us. 
Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000-square-foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Jenner Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. Well, we're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Was your website built by a programmer or a marketer? It makes a difference, a huge difference. Think, marketing is a local boutique ad agency that builds websites around you, your business, and your customers. This approach is Y-O-U-centric. Visit thinkmarketingtexas.com to learn more. That's thinkmarketingtexas.com. It won't cost you to sit down and find out how you can have a website that looks fantastic while making you money. Come on, isn't it time to update your website? ThinkMarketingTexas.com ThinkMarketingTexas.com Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison. Evelyn's guests today are Carol Everett with Heidi Group and Dr. Steve Washburn pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. Love talking today about love, life, and marriage. Welcome back to Love Talk. Uh, We are broadcasting today from uh, Austin, Texas. Today's Christian Talk, 1120 on the dial called The Bridge. And in the studio with us today is my good friend Carol Everett, who's with Heidi Group, and we've been talking about the life issues in America. And then our pastor, you and I both have this pastor. Yes. We love him. Yes, Bowen. we do love him. And Miss Linda. Yes. Dr. Yes. Steve Washburn from First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. We've, we've, we've really done catch up today and talking about where we are in this nation in regard to some of the issues that we're looking at. And specifically, Dr. Steve, we've talked, you have talked about how important it is for pastors, number one, to get informed, to stand on God's word, to pray, and then really to begin to mobilize mobilize people. And uh, I saw a thing this week that says more than half of Texans call themselves Christians, and many are not pro-life and do not support biblical marriage or pro-life things. There are 23,000 churches in the state of Texas, Dr. Steve. That's a lot of churches. A lot of churches. That's a lot of churches. What can pastors and people do during this particular time about standing on uh, the, the Constitution and the principles that we were, this nation was born upon. What is it that we could do? Well, one point of clarification, I think. Um, before things got really uh, dangerous over in the Middle East, I was in Beirut handing out Bibles to Muslims in West Beirut. And uh, over there, Christians were kind of a political party. A political a party. A political party. And so those those who are really what we consider to be Christians don't call themselves Christians. They call themselves Christ followers. Yeah. And, you know, I came back and began using that language in our own church. 
So regardless of how many in the state of Texas call themselves Christians, the people we really want to look at are those who are Christ followers or Christ loyalists, those who, who follow the Lord and follow his instructions in Scripture. Uh, as far as what we can do, was that your other question, what mm-hmm. we can do? What can, how can pastors address this situation in, to the congregations? Well, all, all of us, pastors included, and I just had lunch today with, a, with a, a number of pastors. All of us have strengths. All of us have weaknesses. All of us have gifts. Not all of us have the same gifts at all. But, but I've noticed that one of the things that, that pastors shy away from the most is this very topic. Uh, they feel comfortable preaching. They feel comfortable counseling. They feel comfortable discipling. Uh, they feel comfortable doing a lot of things. But what they don't feel comfortable doing is speaking out on difficult issues, issues like church discipline. That's a difficult issue. They just Because it's difficult, it might hurt somebody's feelings, they just don't want to speak to it. Although, in the only charge given to pastors in the whole Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm, Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, something like that. It's the only charge given to pastors. Uh, Paul charges us to, to be uh, pastors who will discipline our churches and rebuke our churches and teach our churches. Uh, in that same passage, we're also charged uh, to, to uh, speak up for sound doctrine, right, correct doctrine. And, of course, that would mean in, in public. Mm-hmm. So pastors have to come to a point where they're willing to accept the whole weight of their responsibility. Uh, Paul closes that charge by saying, execute all or, or discharge all the duties of your ministry. We as pastors don't like that. We would rather just discharge those duties that we like, mm-hmm. those duties that are comfortable. I like that, too. Those, those duties that we, cons- we consider to be loving, not God. We consider some issues to be loving and some not to be loving by our own definition of love. So as pastors, I would just say it's time. We have to step up to the plate. We have to do the things not only that we like doing, enjoy doing, or train to do, but those things that we're awkward in doing. And right now that includes calling the church to action, calling the church into action, being salt. Being salt. salt. It's one of the first things Jesus discussed in the Sermon on the Mount, his first sermon. How legal is that for you to stand in the pulpit uh, in regard to the 501c3s? Well, it's absolutely legal and absolutely safe. Um, Pastors are afraid of losing their tax-exempt status, their 501c3. I would need to say to them, that's never happened. A church, no church, has ever in the history of the nation ever lost their tax-exempt status. We don't need 501c3 to gain our tax-exempt status. We have tax-exempt status by virtue that we're churches. A mm-hmm. uh, 501c3 came came around a long long time after that. Yes. Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, when he, when he was a senator, uh, started the 501c3. But we have a tax exempt status because we're churches, and we cannot lose that. And no church has ever lost that. So I would say to pastors, be bold, be brave, stand your pulpit, and teach people, teach people how to be active, vocal Christians. You all know that in our church, I speak up and tell, instruct our people that. As soon as Jesus became the Lord of our lives, he became the Lord of our vote, mm-hmm. uh, that we are to vote according to his biblical moral values. We are to be biblical moral value voters first. And once we've done that, then we can give attention to some of these other issues. Uh, but I've done that on multiple occasions. I've sent it out in emails. The press mm-hmm. does not like that, that the, the uh, 
criticisms from the, those emails that made their way all the way to Washington, D.C. Uh, <laughs> Told our senator on him. Huh? So, uh-huh. so, yes, we're to be bold uh, and not be afraid of any legal action. Well, you know, we have to be like Jesus in that regard. Yes. You know, he called it out when it was wrong. He, he, he literally became forceful. He turned the tables over. Absolutely. You know, you don't turn chairs over in church, but, you know, sometimes they do empty when you... You know, let me remind you, too. Jesus, when asked, said, Give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and unto God that which is God's. Today, mm-hmm. the church and pastors are giving unto Caesar that which is God's. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. There may come a point where we have to stand up on our First Amendment rights, and I think that's still You're valid. I don't think it's taken away yet. About those. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to give unto God the things that are God's and stop giving those things to Caesar. Well, Carol, you know, That's we've talked with point. you today about um, life uh, from the moment of conception. Give me a little picture of what you say to girls or women who've made the mistake of taking life. How has the life, the experience that you had in life uh, in regard to your doing that yourself, a little girl named Heidi, what encouragement can you bring to them that the Lord does forgive? Well, there's no hope for that woman unless she knows Christ as her personal mm-hmm. Savior. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And you ask the diagnostic questions, and I always ask the question. I use the old EE evangelism mm-hmm. explosion. Yeah. If you died tonight, do you, would you know you were going to heaven? And that gets their attention, and then you, then you ask them what they think would get them through the door. And then you have an opportunity to share the gospel. And then at the end of that, I always say, and you know, the Bible says clearly that um, if we confess he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And I try to encourage women who've had an abortion to know that it's an ongoing process. Part of it is letting the Lord forgive us, and then we have to forgive ourselves, for we are our worst enemy when we take the life of our own child. Mm-hmm. I still believe it's a sin that so deeply cuts our soul right to our very being, our hearts, because, you know, only women can be mothers. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's a sin against us that we hold dearly and know. And then... Of course, we have the loss of the child to deal with. So I also like um, Romans 8, 1, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus wow. because we keep condemning ourselves over and over and over again. So I also tell them that that's a process, and I'll stand with them or others will stand with them as mm-hmm. they walk through it because there will be times when they'll need help mm-hmm. and be reminded of Scripture. But I've been to hours and hours of counselors, and I love counselors, and I appreciate counselors, but the only thing that ever really changed my life was Scripture. Yeah. And so that's what I keep taking people back to. We have to listen to what the Lord says. And yes. before I pray, I always read a scripture about anything. But I want to know what he says about something. Yes. Dr. Steve, we just have a couple of minutes. I want you to tell us what the perfect life is that Jesus offers us. You know, he's the only one who ever lived a perfect life. What he offers us is cover. Mm-hmm. He offers mm-hmm. to cover our sins. Uh, in Romans 3.23... Uh, we're told that everybody has sinned. Everybody's sin falls short of the glory of God. Uh, in Romans 6:23, we're told the wages of sin, the accountability of sin, is death. That's a double death. Mm-hmm. That means it's it's a physical death, and it means it's a spiritual condemnation, yeah. also. But the last half of that verse is where we turn the corner. Paul says the gift of God is eternal life eternal in life. Christ Jesus. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, what a, in one verse. Uh, what great uh, peril there is and what great hope there is. 
uh, Romans 5.10, Paul says, uh, God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. And then Romans 10.9, if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And Christ that's the covers gift. us with his righteousness. That is the gift of life and the gift of love. Well, I want to thank you all for being here today. Oh, Dr. Steve, I want you to give your church number. Can you give us our telephone uh, number? 512-251-3052. Okay. And Miss Carol? The Heidi Group is 512-255-2088. Well, I want to thank you all for being here today. I think our audience is, we have a new audience now that we're on until 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And we're going to be covering some of these issues and Dr. Steve, I want to. I want you all to come back and let's talk about repentance. Sure. Because we have got a major event coming to Austin on April the 26th. Franklin Graham mm-hmm. is coming to Austin, not as a politician, but he's coming to call people to public repentance for what we've allowed to happen in this mm-hmm. nation. Mm-hmm. And we we we've been in the wilderness in America 43 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we're praying for 40,000 people to come to Austin. Wonderful. And so it's a lot of work to get done. And then, of course, we have National Day of Prayer coming up, the Governor's Prayer Breakfast, State Capitol event, uh, Camp Mabry event. All those things are coming up in May. So we've got a lot of things we want to be talking about. And I know that as we do that, the Lord's going to bless you and, and bless First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. And we just thank you again for being with us today. And I would say to you, if you want to get in touch with us here at Love Talk, you can do that at 512-249-6535, or you can uh, go to the website, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, is www.lovetalknetwork.com. And then, of course, you can call us here at the station uh, or get on, go online and listen online. You can even download an app on your phone, Dr. Steve, where you can get <laughs> Love Talk worldwide so but i do want to thank you and i just pray that as we leave today that um, those of you who are listening to us you heard the perfect plan of god's love from carol and dr steve if you would take the time at this given moment and say lord jesus i give up my life for your life come into my life and begin to make me the person that you want me to be we hope you have a good week and we'll talk with you again next week